you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ, Bucky, together uh, before the 4th of July. Buck, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. I am here in North Carolina. It's a little hot. It's a little muggy. It's been a minute since I've spent like a a full week in North Carolina. So I'm trying to readjust to uh, that, 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 that Southern, I want to say hospitality, Southern hospitality and the Southern humidity. Cause it's, it's wearing me out right now. Well, I, I think I'm honoring you because I don't have the air on in my office. And I'm just <laughs> dying in here. So I think I'm just trying to feel your pain. Um, we've got a, we've got a fun episode today. We've got our buddy, Chris Peterson, who, you know, from his great coaching career uh, at Boise State at the University of Washington, then got out of it at a young age uh, voluntarily. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. has turned down a bunch of jobs over the years. He decided he wanted to go you know, try and help people in the leadership space and then also doing some work, some great work over at Fox on their college football coverage. But really one of the, I think one of the bright minds in football, forget any level. I, I think he's really one of the bright minds and one of the kind of innovators of the last 20 years. If you're going to put a list of guys and, and put 10 names on that list, I think Chris Peterson probably find his way on there. 
Absolutely. I mean, you think about the job that he did uh, at Boise. And then if you ask around and people talk about the impact that he had when he was at Oregon and just the way that he always had his teams able to play up. We saw the success that he had at Washington, but going back to those Boise days and how those teams played and operated, man, you just, I mean, you have to tip your cap to him. And so to have an opportunity to speak to him, can't be more excited about it. Yeah, and if you're a football fan, an NFL football fan, uh, and you happen to care about the Cowboys, love them or hate them, um, you'll hear a little bit about Kellen Moore uh, in this conversation, talking about his relationship with Dak, uh, what they're able to accomplish. And then if you're a Charger fan or a Justin Herbert fan, uh, a little bit about what to expect with Kellen Moore and Justin Herbert teaming up with the Chargers as he's their new offensive coordinator. So we're going to go a lot of different directions with this conversation. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Here's our chat with Chris Peterson. All right, Buck, here he is. It's great to be with Coach Pete again. Uh, Coach, thank you so much for the time, man. I, first of all, we got to get your uh, – give us an update on the summer here. What, what have we done to kind of get away, get a little rest and relaxation here? <laughs> well, that's a priority in my life these days. That's one of the reasons I'm not coaching, so I can prioritize that after all these years of coaching. Um, well, about maybe a month and a half ago, I just got back from a couple weeks in Portugal. Ooh. Yeah. Hadn't been there. Did you go I, surfing, Coach? Did you go surfing? I, I did not go chase the hundred foot wave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wanted to, but I wouldn't be here talking to you guys right now. <laughs> so yeah, that was great. And uh, yeah, just you know, now in Seattle, right now is in Seattle. Mm -hmm. This is the as we were talking. This is the time to be yeah. here right now. Hey, well, DJ, don't 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 let Coach Peterson off the hook because let me tell you what I discovered a couple weeks ago. I'm down for Elite Eleven Finals. And I happen to bounce out there. And Coach Pete has, he, he's out there lending his expertise and his services. And so I, I, I'm, I'm, I pull him off to the side, kind of tell him what's going on with me. We talk about the stuff or whatever. But Coach Pete is over there watching the wide receivers. And DJ, <laughs> if, if, you, if you've ever been to one of his practices, whether at Boise or when he was at UW, he's a, very, he's a stickler for the details. So DJ, he leaves me mid-sentence to make sure that the tempo is up to par. And because, <laughs> and because Elite 11 isn't like a college practice, it's not quite a high school practice, the tempo is kind of summer tempo, DJ. Like, no one's really bouncing around from drill to drill. And you can just see Coach Pete like, hey, man, what are we doing? <laughs> like, we got to pick this thing up. So, yes, he's relaxed and all that. But the coach is always a coach, and he's always coach. Bucky, let me just say this. I don't think I'll ever be in the summer tempo on a football field. <laughs> I like that. I might have to use that term now. I like that. Summer tempo. That is amazing. He was not, he was not in summer tempo at all. That's amazing. That, Buck, you just took me exactly where I wanted to go, Coach, because I want to, you know, since when you started coaching, and I think we've touched on this a little bit in the past, but I'd be curious where you are now. Um there's obviously it's a different landscape with the off seasons with these high school kids. Whereas when we were growing up, we went out with our high school buddies and we, you know, maybe we went out through on our own. Maybe coach could wrangle up a couple seven on sevens for, you know, a couple of local teams, nothing like this, where it, it almost feels like for the most part, these kids exit their high school program over the summer, similar to basketball players. And it's like an AAU environment and they're traveling around doing all this stuff. And I guess two-parter here. Number one, how much has it changed during your time? And number two, is it better? <laughs> it has definitely changed. There's no doubt about that. Um, I don't know if it's better. Like, I, I have real mixed feelings on that. 
you know, it, it's just interesting. Um, you know, just the specialization, how early guys are going at this thing, especially the quarterback position. And I still just have really mixed emotions on that. I think high school and certainly younger is about playing as many sports as you possibly can and just being exposed to them and not really specializing. You could, you know, I think maybe when you get that junior, senior year in high school, I'd hate, one of the things that we'd always look for, two-sport athlete. We still thought that was the greatest thing ever, the two-sport athlete. And I think, you know, we talked to, you know, some of the NFL coaches and stuff, they still, the same thing. Like, what, what, what did he do in high school? How many did he play? You know, just specializing that one, I, I think, you know, we talk a long time on that, but I, I just even think mentally, it's just not the right thing to do. And um, yeah, I, I love it when I see guys playing basketball, and baseball, and track and football and, you know, heck, golf or whatever else they can they can mix in there. I just think that's what it should be about. Well, let me ask a quick follow-up on that then, because I, I want to go back to maybe go back to your time at Boise. Like right now, if you were the head coach at Boise State, is there almost like a is there a value find out there in finding those kind of old school multi-sport kids that all these major programs have bypassed because they weren't at so such and such seven on seven tournament where they got their fifth star or what have you? Yeah. That might be it almost feels like it could be a little like market inefficiency, so to speak, where there's, there's a segment out there that's not being, you know, properly uh, evaluated because they are doing it the way we, we used to do it in the, back in the day. Yeah. I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, I do think with the world we live in, keeping those guys kind of secret that you might be yeah. trying to recruit those days are long and over. You know, I remember when yeah. I first came to Washington, you know, it's like, They'd always talk about Don James drawing a fence around the state and, and we got to do that. We got to get back to that. And I'm thinking, yeah, I want to do that. But like, what are we going to build a wall? Because like, there's the internet, there's social media, like that wasn't going on back in that day. Mm -hmm. And so really hard to, you know, I think if the kids are good enough, you're going to find them for the most part. Sometimes guys do slide under the red. Someone's going to find them though. And, um, you know, maybe they're going to go to a level, maybe a little beneath what they could develop into. And I do think that's really one of the most important things. I always would say this. Mike, I learned this from my dad. My dad was a coach. And um, he would always say, you know, the whole trick to this is, is going to the highest level that you can play at. Mm-hmm. Keywords being that you can play at. And I remember, you know, I grew up in Northern California and thinking, you know, I'm going to maybe go to Cal. And I kind of had that in my mind for a long time. And he's like, yeah, you can go to Cal, but you need to go to Cal Davis, you know, <laughs> not Cal Berkeley. <laughs> and it wasn't so much in those words, but that's yeah, what yeah. it was. And, you know, I remember, you know, I was lightly recruited out of high school to some different places and thinking San Diego State and all these different, you know, Cal. And that was always on the radar. And he's like, listen, you can go and be on the team there. But you're going to struggle to really play a bunch. You need to find that level. My dad was a coach that, you know, new talent or, you know, kind of relatively levels. And I think about my time at UC Davis, and I would tell recruits this all the time. I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. You couldn't go back and say, 
we put you at Washington as a freshman. And, you know, I, I wouldn't trade that for anything because I was at the right level for myself. You know, Coach, so dealing with high school athletes is really so hard now with recruiting changing, with the transfer portal and all those things going. It's hard to get guys to understand the beauties of playing maybe be below, beneath D1. And so when, when, when you're thinking about looking at guys and those things, if you were a coach now, man, what would it take at a high level? What would it take for someone to really pop to say, hey, I'm going to recruit this guy as opposed to jumping in the portal and doing those things? Because I don't think enough kids know how hard it is to be regarded as a D1 athlete. I mean, what is the percentages? It's like, you know, it, it, it's such a small percentage of all the kids in the country that play high school football that will actually go play Division One. But that's where so much of the social media is. I think that's where that's changed that. Like, it's like, you know, it's, again, I went to a junior college before I went to UC Davis. My dad was a junior college coach. So I got the benefits of that. And so whether it's junior college, Division Three, NIA, Division two, it just doesn't, there's so many different levels. And in some ways, I'm telling you, there's so much more beauty these days, what's going on at the division mm -hmm. one level. There's so much more beauty at those levels. The purity of the game and playing for it is really supposed to be about than some of this craziness we're seeing at the other level. Well, you mentioned in your background, coach at UC Davis is a player, but think about, you know, you know all the names. I mean, the, the number of coaches that have come out of UC Davis. I think about the the number of coaches that have come out of John Carroll, obviously a, a lower level of football. But not only are we producing coaches at, at some of these lower levels, I think to your point about innovation and trying new things and really pushing the game forward, it seems like that's almost driven from, from the bottom up as opposed from the, the top down. I think there's a, there's a lot of truth there. It's kind of interesting how this whole thing is is kind of changed a little bit, you know, where, mm -hmm. I mean, high school coaches will try anything. They're, mm -hmm. the, in my mind, they're the innovators. Like, they don't have that pressure and, and that fear of, like, in most places of, like, if this doesn't work, man, I got the, the nation breathing down on me. And so, you know, when I first started, you know, everything was – kind of top down. It came from the NFL. And then things started to change. You saw a lot of the college game going into the NFL. But really, I think a lot of that came from the high school game with the, the quarterback run game and the RPO, um, you know, game. I'll never forget this. You know, this is interesting. So this was a handful of years back now. This was in like the mid 2000s, like maybe 2010, somewhere around there. I was at Boise State and I was in a meeting. We were in a... Uh, head coaches meeting and they were just talking about the rule where linemen could go down field three yards in college where there's only a, you know a yard before and i'm sitting next to chris alt the great coach the hall of fame coach from mm -hmm. nevada i mean yeah. people don't realize how good that guy you know yeah. back in the day when he was a young head coach they threw the ball all over everywhere Mm -hmm. And then he invented, you know, basically the pistol offense and then brought to light with Colin Kaepernick. I mean, it was, and we saw all that evolve right in front of our oh, eyes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sitting in this meeting and they're telling us, Hey, there's new rules coming in that the lineman can go downfield three yards. And he looks at me and he's like, wait, did I hear that right? And I said, yeah, lineman can go down. And he goes, this changes everything. <laughs> and I remember writing that down and I'm thinking, how in hell does this change everything? How is this guy? And sure enough, like how did, I was thinking the screen game, maybe. Yeah. 
but it really was that RPO game. And then, you know, I know the d- rules are different in NFL and they're, you know, they're so detailed and they're so on every little minute, you know, situation. They, now they got, they just don't go down field as far, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, those little rule changes. And then again, the colleges were dabbling, but the high schools to me were the ones that really were spearheading a lot of this change that we would see. And then they caught the pros would see it. And they'd take it to their level. Buck, hey Buck, I remember going in there. Was it was it Vital? What was the name of the little running back that was with uh, Kaepernick during those years? I remember going in and scouting I, those I guys. Remember, I can't remember. The, I can't rushed remember for a zillion back. yards. They they had yeah, that was fun offense to watch back then, man. Holy I cow! Mean, look, I just on the other sideline. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember. I just remember going to watch them play. He didn't bring his team out for pregame warmups. He did. He he he, he did that. He, <laughs> so, so we're there to body type all the guys and they don't run out the other team is i think it might have been hawaii the other team is on the other end looking around waiting for them to come out and they don't run out until it's time to play the game and i'm like this dude look i love the innovation he, he wasn't the easiest with the scouts to go on hey, <laughs> we all have our things but let me just say this he can coach Cause I remember like, we were playing them and I'm like, we're at their place. I'm like, where are these guys? Thinking, Is there a chance they're going to forfeit? I'll take it. And I look over and they're on their practice field and it doesn't look like normal warmups to me. I think they're practicing before oh, yeah, they're, they're going to play us. Yeah, they are. So it's funny that you bring them up coach because with Colin Kaepernick uh, in the national football league, it kind of ushered in like the wave of the athletic quarterback. So now bringing it back to your level, you just spent a lot of time with the Elite 11 quarterbacks. Is it now a prerequisite that your quarterback have a, a level of athleticism? Not that you feature him in the run game, but man, you got to be able to do a little something in the run game now if you're going to play not only in college, but at upper levels. It changes the game. And I think everybody's seeing that. And they know how much, I mean, we all know how much these quarterbacks are paid. And back in the day, there's like, no way am I risking that at all. Mm-hmm. But I think it gives you such an advantage in terms of winning. You know, doesn't mean you're going to run them all. You know, it doesn't mean you got to be Lamar Jackson and really like run, run, run. But the fact that he can pull the ball and will pull the ball, I mean, that changes the numbers game completely. And I think it's funny because, you know, a handful of years ago, again, the old days, five, eight years ago, (laughs) if the guy could run a little bit, that was a bonus. Yeah. You know, you had your Tom Brady's and Drew Brees's and these, Pocket passers, now it's kind of flipped. The pocket passers, if that's all they do, seems just so rare, you know. Not that it can't be done. You're going to play to the guy's strengths. But when they are athletic, and like you said, those kids at the Elite 11, I mean, all those kids are pretty athletic. They can move. They can do enough of what we're talking about for sure. One of That's so, one of the – DJ, go, go ahead. Because, yeah. Because Coach talked about innovation now coming from the bottom up. So now think about all those high school guys who just looked in the gym and said, look, I got to take the best athlete and put him at the position where he touches the ball the most and has the biggest impact. So high schools are basically the reason why we're seeing the quarterbacks at the collegiate level and at the higher level, because the the high school coach decided, I'm going to put the ball in the hands of my best athlete and make everybody else figure out how to stop him. I mean, just think about the skill and the years and the time it takes to become this elite pocket passer. Well, nobody has that time, you mm-hmm. know, not even in high school, you're going to get fired or, and so you do that. It's like, you know, once the creativity box has been open and shown to others, like, wait, 
there's a lot of good athletes in the school. There's not a lot of really elite pocket passers walking up and down the hallways. So I can take a couple of these guys and we can put something together that's pretty special. And that's what they've done. And then I think, again, the NFL guy, I mean, you know, you talk to any of the D coordinators and it's like, okay. It's, I remember when the college game was really running quarterbacks, when they started running zone read, all this stuff, whether it's third down, goal line, whatever, just dabbling. And they're like, yeah, we don't have to see that. We don't have to deal with that. And, and I just kept thinking, you're going to have to deal with that. You better get ready. <laughs> and it really kind of surprised me how long it did take for those guys to be where we are today. I thought it would have happened faster, but I think it's because they were paying those quarterbacks so much money. They're just like, I am not doing this. But I think if you don't do it, you're behind the eight ball. Yeah, we, we have talked about this in the past and talked about how now, because the, the you're not paying the quarterbacks as much as we did. You know, Stafford, I think, was the last year with the, with the rookie contracts were out of control, and then they ended up changing everything to the salary cap era. Whereas that would that would buy you some time to struggle to be Peyton Manning to be you know Troy Aikman these guys who struggled early now when you're not paying those guys as much on those rookie deals there's not as much a, a long of a leash the coaches don't have as long of a leash as you know so in order to be a pure pocket passer the knowledge is is everything so if you if you're not afforded the luxury to have the time to build up the knowledge base then you're out. Whereas you can use your legs to buy time until your knowledge base is widened and then you've got everything going. But that's kind of what we're, you know, we're talking about, about how this thing changed. I, you're exactly right. And, you know, there's, there's a couple guys because I, one, I saw one in college a lot and then we played against one, one being Josh Allen. Yeah. You know, he was this big old strong arm thrower, right? That was accuracy a little bit, maybe the issue in college. But he could run and he could do some things, right? And so that might have bought him a little bit of time as he developed mm -hmm. his game and learned it. And the other one was Jalen Hurts. You know, we mm -hmm. played against him in Alabama, at Alabama in the playoffs at Washington. And he was athletic and could move and they played to his strengths. But passing skills, I mean, I'm just so amazed how he's truly developed his next level passing skills since mm -hmm. we saw him back in the day. I just, you don't see that often, those guys – be able to develop that accuracy so late. Usually it happens, I, in my experience, you know, kind of in the high school and, and then, you know, through college. I just hadn't seen so many guys in the NFL really change their accuracy. And those two guys have done that. You know, Coach, like going back to your time as a college head coach, if we could fast forward and say you're a head coach right now, when you think about stocking your quarterback room, do you have all the quarterbacks with the similar skill set or do you just try and take the best ones that you can recruit and try and figure it out along the way? First of all, that word that you said, there's no such thing as stocking your quarterback room. Portal. You hope you got one, and then somebody else at least can take snaps and hand it off. Uh. I mean, that's what's crazy about that, right? The quarterback in football in general is a developmental game. But that makes it really tough in terms of how the transfer portal is having an effect on things. So it's kind of scary. But I do think this, I think you have a philosophy and an idea of how you want to play offensive football and you recruit to that. And then when you get that guy, he may be a little bit better at some things than you thought and a little bit worse than you think, things that you thought. And you really try to tailor it to play to his strength. I mean, as we all know, it all runs through the quarterback. Like if you, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you're a wing T offense. I don't care if you throw the ball. If you're Army, Navy, Air Force, and all, like 
and you're not going to throw it hardly at all, you still got to have that quarterback, whatever you're doing. And so whatever you have there, that's where it starts and ends a lot of times. Coach, while we're on quarterbacks, do you think you can convince Bucky this year with his high school team maybe throw it more than five times this year? Oh, uh, can we, can we, can we please convince him to do that? Tell him, Buck. If, we, if you haven't told him yet, so, tell him. So, so, so I'll tell him. We went through uh, – we made it all the way to the state championship game without completing the pass. And then uh, – Zero. Zero. Coach, zero. 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 This so is, then, by the way, by so the way, tell, tell, wait, wait, t- tell him, tell him the quarterback who played at your high school and then put this all together here. Tell him, tell him who played quarterback at your high school. Okay. So I'm, I'm the head coach at Granada Hills Charter High School, which is where the great John Elway, his name, the, the, the stadium is named after John Elway is John Elway stadium. And yet <laughs> they have all this innovation. Zero. They were doing five wides in the seventies. And all that. here we are running the ball every day. And, but and beating the brakes off people, coach. I mean, we, I'm talking about we, three, four hundred yards every game. We got beat. We, we completed two in the state in the state. Probably because you, probably you got, got away beat. from what you did. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. So well, so, I gotta I gotta hand this to you though. I think that is like so beautiful and create because. You know, everybody's just copycats. Everybody's running spread offense. Everybody's no huddle. Everybody's how much can we throw it? And for you to go back and do kind of what nobody's doing, except for maybe a handful of teams, that's a competitive advantage. And then you think they got three three days to kind of get ready to play you? No chance. Is there a chance, though, along those lines that, that we see – that this, you know, everything's cyclical, that like the Army Navy thing that that somebody picks that back up, or is that over, coach? You know, that that's a good question. I think so much has to do with recruiting. I think that's why they do it. But I think we're seeing so much more of it right in front of our face with the gun, with the pistol, mm-hmm. with the zone read. I mean, it's all veer football, option yeah. football from 20 years ago. It just looks differently. Mm-hmm. Now you know, not throwing it at all, Bucky. I mean, that that's pretty impressive. No, so, so no, no, so it's funny that you brought that up because uh, Jeff Munkin is, is a friend and Army has had to change their offense because of the new rules in college where you can't cut block yeah. down the field. Yeah. And he has talked about how it really negated the advantage that Army, Navy, and Air Force have because on the perimeter, they can't cut. So DJ, in, at West Point, they're having to go to more of a spread, throw it around. Some of the stuff that Coastal was doing and some of the stuff that Liberty would do with Damian Chadwell. But, you know, the rules, like Coach talked about sitting in a meeting years ago with Chris Alt, the rules really dictate how you may have to play because it negates some of the advantages that you may have had for years. Yeah, good point. All right, Buck, let's take a quick little break. Uh, we'll be right back. We've got more on this conversation with Coach Pete, who's uh, who's been outstanding. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. We'll finish that up right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
We are now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Uh, Coach, I, you talked about a little bit about Boise. I'm going to go back. Obviously, Kellen, the success you had with him and to see the run he's been on, obviously the you know, the offenses with the Cowboys in the top five just about every year he was there. Now he gets to team up with Justin Herbert. Uh, how do you think How do you think that marriage works? And I'm not taking any shots at Dak, who's been unbelievable. I think uh, Kellen went on the record, so he's the best leader he's ever been around and loved. I mean, they have a great relationship, loves him as a player. But in terms of a skill set, as good as Dak is, 
Justin can do some things that maybe no other quarterback in the NFL can do. Yeah. So obviously we're talking about Kellen Moore here. Yes. Everybody sure knows that. Um, well, you, you know, again, it kind of goes back to our conversation we were just talking about. You know, I, I think what the, the best coaches that I've been around do is they take whatever that quarterback's elite skill set is or skill set, best things mm-hmm. they do, and they just play to those strengths. And I think Kellen fits into those that mold for sure. Like Dak is a great quarterback, but certainly a different skill set than, than Justin is. And so Kellen's job and what he's done is highlight the things that Dak does well. And so it'll be interesting to see what he does in the Charger offense now, highlighting Justin's strengths and what he does special and uniquely, you know, for the Charger offense and what 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 he brings to the table. I can't wait to watch it just because I know he's going to do such a great job with it. You know, Coach, one of the things that I'm surprised, and maybe, you know, this is something he was working for Mike McCarthy, and maybe McCarthy wasn't as big on shifting and motioning. But I just remember watching how you guys used to shift in motion maybe two and three times every play up at Boise. Can you kind of take us behind the curtain and explain what does that do for the offense in terms of gaining an advantage with all the moving parts, with people shifting in motion and switching sides? Yeah, you know, when when I look back at, it, you know, kind of our evolution on offense. That's one of the regrets that I do have of getting away from so much of that, especially when we came to Washington. You know, you talk about your your competitive advantage. I think that was something that we knew we did well. It was it was kind of in our DNA. And so it didn't feel very heavy or expensive to us in terms of how we taught it, what we were doing it, the purposes for and the effect that it would have on the defense and the defensive coordinator, one kind of taking him out of the game, in a way, it just, it felt like there was so much, we'd see the tight end, you know, trade sides or motion across, and, and the one <laughs> the technique, and the three <laughs> technique are like switching sides. Yeah. And then all this communication going on, and we're like, wait, rewind that? Like, what? That little thing has... So the more we could do with that, we know like there's a lot of thinking going on. And we know that, you know, as soon as there's a lot of thinking, <laughs> that execution on the other side kind of goes down. Oh, that's incredible. And so it's funny. That's one reason I love watching what Kellen has done at the Cowboys. I mean, it, it's so funny. Like we talk about how all this thing has evolved and this new age offense. And I look at some of the things and I'm like, that is so similar to a lot what we were doing when he was winning all those games at Boise. Yeah, Coach, we're keeping you along here. I just got a couple more and we'll let you run here. But on Kellen Moore, one more question I want to ask you on that one because I know in talking to some uh, defensive coaches who played against the Cowboys a bunch, they said, and I was getting ready to call a game. I think the Chargers were playing the Cowboys, so I was, I was prepping that game. And I was just said, hey, tell me something about Kellen I don't know as a play caller. Help me out here. And he said he does the best job of anybody in the NFL of varying tempo. And I'm talking tempo from when they're out of the huddle to on the line to when they're on the line to when they snap the ball. But he said, as a, it, it's weird to describe it as a defensive coach, it's hard to get into a rhythm with the variance that he uses. I think that's that that is the key right there. You know, especially with you know all these up paced tempo offenses, mm-hmm. it's just amazing how fast, as we know, defenses adjust to whatever you throw at them. Mm-hmm. So if you're always doing those type of things, the defense are going to figure it out, and they will stop that thing that you're doing well. And so when you have a variety. And so that's what I'm saying. Like this thing was getting pushed so hard of tempo and no huddle and keeping it simple. And mm-hmm. just to be able, you can shift in motion, do all this stuff, but you don't have to shift in motion every play. You don't have to huddle yeah. up every play. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Kellen's doing so well. It's just the blend of all those things, but still staying true and having an identity of who they are. And that's where the I think the real wisdom and expertise comes in for him. So as an old offensive guru, the challenge has always been, you hear coaches talk about, A, we want to keep it simple, but we want to make it look complex for the defense. So how do you know when I've reached that point where, okay, this is enough? I can't go overboard because the creativity is always going when it comes to, hey, we can keep shifting and build upon what we're doing. How do you know as the head coach, okay, guys, that's enough. We're at the line where our guys can't do more. We're going to mess them up and get diminishing returns. Yeah, and that's where I think you really start to separate the A players from the B, C players in terms of teaching and coaching and, you know, those type of things. Because it, you know, I'll tell you, like – the computers and the access to information and, you know, you end up just chasing, I would say chasing ghosts, you know, you're always trying to stay one step ahead and it's just, you end up making it more complex for your players. You know, I played for two hall of fame coaches uh, back at UC Davis. One is Jim Soaker, who is in the college football hall of fame. And the other one is Bob Foster, who should be in the hall of fame. And he used to always say this, Bob Foster would always say, do not spoil your talent. Don't spoil your talent. And we're like, what? He goes, don't make it rotten. You you pile on and give them too much stuff, all this talent and athleticism that we have, it just waters it down and now you paralyze them. And if I heard that term, don't spoil your talent once, I've heard it (laughs) to this day. And I think about that. The really good coaches, they keep it simple. There's, There's a sophistication of complexity. For the other side to look at it. I remember this. This is back in the like 16 millimeter days, right? There's no videotape. To watch a team, you had to give them your tapes and you exchanged them. And we would maybe exchange a game, sometimes two. And, and Bob Foster got, you know, unbelievable. So far ahead of his time, he'd say, I want to give them all of our tapes. Like, will they take all of our tapes? Because they're going to see all this stuff that we're doing. And it's really not that complicated to us in terms of how it's taught and broke down. And it was true. I mean, the sophistication that Jim Soaker and Bob Foster ran at Davis, like that was part of the beauty of all these winning that these guys did there. But they made it simple for us. They taught the game. It was just really like kind of black and white and they stayed out of the gray areas. And it was just like, this really isn't that hard. And so I think, but it was hard, like to be that level of a teacher and not spoil your talent. You know, I think sometimes coaches get bored with things and they just add a layer of complexity when it's when it's working. And I know you're trying to stay one step ahead, but I think there's other ways without spoiling your talent. That's a great lesson. Uh, I think that's true in just about any aspect of life, uh, not even just in, in coaching ball. You know, keep the main things, the main things here. Um, last one for me, coach, we'll let you run um, as we're getting ready to start the season. Um you think back, and I know you've been in so many of these meetings. I'm always curious to go kind of behind the curtain. And, and if you were going to be a head coach right now, um, you've got your college team coming in, which is a different environment than we've ever seen with the transfer portal. Where you've got your existing team you had last year. You've brought in your freshmen. You've got some transfer portal kids. Maybe there's some grad transfers as well. As, as, as a coach is getting ready to, to meet with the team and, and get in front of the team for the first time, what is the right message for you? Now, you can't speak for anybody else, but for you, what would be the right message as you kick off the season? Yeah. I mean, if there's one one line that runs through my head, it's, you know, it's just a principle of life. You can't do this alone. 
-hmm. no matter what you're trying to be great at, whatever you're, you know, this football thing that we want to do the very best to our ability, we want to have this great team, you cannot do it alone. And so we're going to have to come together really quickly here and support each other and love each other and help each other and be great teammates. And I get the world we're living in. It is all about me, me, me. And how does this affect me? But I really think the special teams and the special people understand it's about how do I make those around me better? And really, really lock into that and believe that. Because I just, I believe in the law of a harvest. Like you reap what you sow. Like if you're given to, uh, to others, you're going to get it back sooner or later. Sometimes it's not on our timetable, but I believe it comes back to you. And so that would be the theme. It's like, you know, and it goes back to culture. So it's going to be about, you know, it's uncommon unity. And we're going to have to be so skilled as teachers and coaches and leaders to bring this together quickly because it does take time. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't cheat connections and bonding and all those type of things. But for me, this conversation we're having right here, I would be relentless on this message if we're going to try to do something special. Let me follow that up real quick, Coach. So you talked about everyone having to kind of buy in and being team-centric. How do you handle the guys that you early on perceive to be more me-oriented as opposed to team-oriented? Do you have a bunch of one-on-ones? Like, how do you kind of bring those 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 wandering people in back into the fold? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'm not going to recruit them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, but I, I don't want to overstate this. Like everybody, everybody has an ego, right? And mm -hmm. ego is important. Like we all do. We're prideful. We want to do mm -hmm. good work. You know, it's all in us. But you know, there's a difference between a big ego and a strong ego, right? Mm -hmm. A big ego to me is about arrogance. It's about self. It's about me looking good, about me being right. A strong ego to me is about like others. It's about trying to do something for the greater good. It's about investing in others. And if I have an idea, it's not about me being right. It's about me being, you know, something for the greater good. Like, I think this can make us better. And so I think about it like that. There was one sign in our staff room. And it just said, your ego is not your amigo. <laughs> and it was really a reminder for myself as the head coach. Like, don't get full of yourself. Because those times that I have and didn't want to hear it from other people is when I did my, my, worst, my worst work. You know, there, I think the kiss of death in leadership and coaching and, you know, all those type of things, like, is going to be arrogance, lack of self-awareness and micromanaging. And I think sometimes when you sit in that chair, it's very easy to go those directions that you can make these decisions because you think it's right and you're not really including the others and you're heading down a wrong path. You know, I, I, I just think, yeah, I mean, I just think that that's, so if somebody we knew on whether it was going to join us as a staff member or as a player, like we knew it was just all about them. We're probably like, that's not, the thing. Now, you're going to get guys that all of a sudden aren't getting the ball as much or aren't playing as much. And then you got to deal with those type of things. And you understand that, man. And, and you're trying to help them. And you're really trying to tell them what they need to do to take the next step. And if they'll, 
you know, that's usually a maturation process that takes some maturity and it takes time to help them work through those type of things. But, you know, like I said, I mean, it just, it's a complicated world. And I think, um, you know, the best coaches, the best leaders, I mean, they understand the psychology of all this stuff. You know, it's, I think the old days where you just coach football and you said, get in line. This is how we're doing it. Everybody say, yes. Okay. We got it. No water breaks. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Just keep going for two hours and then we'll think about what, you know, maybe give us <laughs> I joke about that. Cause that, Coach, we, grew up. You know, it's like, we, we grew up and that's why we grew up. We grew up that was the way we grew, grew up. up. Yeah, I mean, is it crazy? Was, like, yeah. right. How, yeah. how I mean, think about, by the way, do you think about that stuff all the time? I think about it all the time. I, I mean, I just remember being at high school practices, college practices, guy goes down, like literally stepping over him, scoot yeah. him down, keep yeah. the drill. Let's just keep the drill going. <laughs> I was like, can you imagine you can't do that anymore, man. And I remember being so thirsty at practice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. First, like just going, God, yeah. I wish we had water, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you guys so complete things, a pass, you can get some water. Get back on the line. Like that was. So, uh, so, so many things have changed for the better. There's no doubt. I mean, there's a lot of things in this coaching world that I'm super proud of how it's evolved and, and those type of things. But, you know, when, when, you know, somebody's disgruntled on the practice field and things aren't going, the, the days of just handling, handing them some water and saying, we good now? That doesn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Coach, you've been generous, man. We kept you extra because we love talking to you. And I just want you to know that as we leave this conversation, the image I have in my mind is of you and Patrick Swayze getting on that board in Portugal, catching that wave as Keanu Reeves just watches you guys from the stand as you go catch the big one. Daniel, and I want you to keep that vision in your mind and just keep saying that to you. But, Bucky, I got one thing for you. On this whole coaching thing, after 33 years of coaching, there's one thing I know about great coaches. They all have three things. A patient wife, a loyal dog, and a great quarterback, but not necessarily in that order. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. He doesn't need a quarterback, Coach. He just needs a <laughs> You're right. You just need three things. By the way, that kid, that kid's going, he's, he's, is he already, at Utah? he's going to Utah. Yeah. He's at Utah. So, uh, the kid who is my quarterback, uh, who I put at quarterback, uh, is at Utah. He won the state in the 400 meters at 45, 77. So, so number three holds up. And <laughs> that's the truth. That's the truth. Uh, he is the best. Uh, Chris Peterson, you can catch him on Fox during the fall on their excellent college football coverage. Coach, hope you get a little bit of rest here. This thing's going to be here before you know it. But anytime we get a chance to visit with you, uh, we cherish it. I know Bucky and I both have a, a page full of notes here. So we appreciate you, man. You're the best. You guys are great. Have a, have a, great, have a great July. Thanks, Coach. All right, Buck. That was a uh, that was a fun that was a fun one, man. He's always a pleasure to talk to. I, again, I feel like it's we we love the conversations when we get to take take notes when they give you something worthy of writing down. And you know, from from uh, the sign on the door, uh, your ego is not your amigo was fantastic. Um, he talked about the three uh, things that get you in trouble as a coach. You think about arrogance, a lack of self awareness, and micromanaging. I mean, these are. These are great tips and tools, not just for a coach, but anybody in, in, a, in a position of, of employment. Yeah, I mean, look, I, we talked about it. we both are guys who love um, learning and studying the leadership space and team building, successful teams, companies, whatever that looks like. And so to have someone as accomplished as Coach Peterson share those things, 
yeah, there are takeaways that you can implement in your own existence. Uh, I just think uh, finding a coach who's had the success that he's had, who walked away for the game to help others become better. He talked about uh, being a consultant with other coaches, kind of being that confident that they can kind of sound things off of. Man, I can't imagine being able to pick up the phone and talk to somebody who's as knowledgeable as that, who's had the success and the expertise uh, with all of his experiences to be able to give you those golden nuggets when you need them. Yeah, he was outstanding. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we are, uh, man, we are getting close to the NFL season. It's, it, gosh, less than a month away, Buck. We'll be out at training camp. We'll be off and running. Uh, hopefully you guys are getting out, getting some barbecue time, some pool time, lake time, beach time, whatever you're doing uh, to rest and relax. Hopefully you're enjoying these podcasts uh, that we're giving to you as well. Uh, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, Buck? No, man, I think this is a great one. I think everyone should enjoy the holiday. Happy 4th of July to all of those uh, who are going to, Participate in barbecues across the line. Be safe. Be safe with the fireworks, easy, by the way. Easy with the fireworks. Easy with the fireworks. Yeah, easy on that one. Easy on that one. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us. Appreciate you guys. Happy 4th of July. We'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins hey guys back at the playground again huh yep you know what this playground could use a wine country heck yeah and some waves so we could go surfing oh, <laughs> ah, love that a redwood forest would be cool i'm in ah ski slopes let's do it um tenor girl go shopping yeah, baby. wait 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.